Then just kick an ass with the main name. Monty, 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 Monty. Monty, 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 Monty. Monty, Monty, Monty. And uh, what, what's, uh, what's been your highest domain name sale? How much money was it for? It was approximately $144,000. About 150 grand. That's right. Okay, great. You have had eBay by rent.com and shopping.com for a combined $1.4 billion. Monty, 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 Monty. Monty, 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 Monty. the master of your domain. Monty. Literally, probably 90 days after buying it uh, for $80,000, Interbrew bought it for $7 million. We appraised the property and helped get it sold for $3.4 million. It was the most valuable asset that they had, $6 million or $10 million on a domain name. When we sold autos.com for $2.2 million, people thought it was nuts, too. <laughs> domain Masters, only on Webmaster Radio. Be the master of your domain. Make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. Your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. Hello, my name is Darren Babin of WebmasterRadio.fm. I would like to welcome you to today's edition of AdTech Connect, where this show is designed uh, to keep you connected to the movers and the shakers and the ideas and the thoughts behind the leaders in the digital marketing arena. And um, before we get kicked off today, we've got a fantastic uh, program lined up for you. We're going to be talking about customer satisfaction, which is definitely burning uh, into my mind right now. And I'll, I'll kind of allude to that in just, just a few minutes. But before we, we do that, I definitely want to talk to you really quickly about AdTech itself and remind you, coming up uh, April the 26th through the 28th, if you don't have it booked yet, you should book it now. Uh, the Moscone Center in beautiful San Francisco will be the next big ad tech. And I got to tell you, Webmaster Radio was there in New York City, and uh, I was utterly floored at the productivity and how many people were there. I, I want to say were there well over 8,000 people. Um, you know that were there. So if you're looking to do business in this arena, uh, you're looking to stay one step ahead. You should definitely, um, you know, make plans to be in San Francisco. Now, also, uh, I should remind you that if you can't make AdTech in San Francisco, AdTech has the AdTech Impact Series. That's right, the Impact Series. And uh, I'll run through these really, really quick because if you can't make the big show, you can definitely get your fix at um, you know at one of the, one of the impact series, which is basically like you know a one day um, you know show where you go in uh, to to one of these cities that's you know closest to you, and you can get your your ad tech fix and uh, you know stay stay in tune with what's going on. Uh, starting on February the twenty eighth in Seattle, then in uh, Los Angeles. Phoenix, Denver, Dallas, Atlanta, Fort Lauderdale, Cincinnati, Toronto, and Boston. That comprises all of the cities for the AdTech Impact Series. So uh, if, if you're interested in, uh, in in still staying in touch with what's going on and you can't uh, you can't break away for for the big show, uh, check out uh, ad-tech.com forward slash impact and uh, check out uh, a city near you make plans and be there obviously uh, down here in Fort Lauderdale uh, webmaster radio we're proud to to be a sponsor of uh, ad tech hosting this show as well as uh, you know working on the impact series so uh, we'll, we'll definitely be there for uh, the Fort Lauderdale event and of course we'll see you in San Francisco now, coming up on the show today, uh, we have someone who is going to be very near and dear to uh, to my heart because I got to tell you, customer satisfaction is something that uh, really touches home with everyone. Um, 
whether they realize it, you know, the, in the moment or not, you know, everyone has uh, issues where customer satisfaction, um, you know, pokes its head up. Uh, in regards to customer service and how people deal with that. So today we're going to be talking with Larry Freed. And Larry is um, CEO and president of 4C Results. When we come back from this commercial break, we will delve deep into the, the concepts and um, steps that uh, companies can take to improve customer satisfaction. Stay with us, folks. We will be right back in just a couple minutes. Click Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zafolia.com, writes, Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes, one click, great results. Contrary to what your mother told you, you cannot be all things to all people. You can, however, focus on your primary business and ensure your success by outsourcing technical projects to a company who is forward-thinking, solutions-oriented, and works as a complete extension of your organization. No need to do it over and over again. SRK Consulting can develop integrated automation programs, programming in most major languages and operating systems. SRKConsulting.com, making sure your mother is all Always proud. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Just a little bit about the hook. The hook. The hook. The hook. What I hope to do with the hook is to give you the chance to hear what my friends and colleagues are thinking about doing and doing and doing. People in the marketing, PR, advertising industries right on the forefront and including people that cover these industries so what i'd like to do is what i'd like to do is what i'd like to do is help you make your job easier what i'd like to do is what i'd like to do is what i'd like to do is join me each week two 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 o'clock on two tuesdays tuesday intersection of advertising and pr Welcome back, folks. It is Thursday, February the 16th. I'd like to welcome you to AdTech Connect. My name is Darren Babin of WebmasterRadio.fm. And uh, today we're going to be talking to Larry Freed, who is president and CEO of 4C Results, a leading customer satisfaction management company with solutions based on the American Customer Satisfaction Index. With nearly 20 years senior management experience, Mr. Freed has directed numerous e-commerce and technology initiatives. His background also includes 15 years of experience in the banking sector, holding senior-level positions with First Chicago NBD and Bank One. An expert on web customer satisfaction, he is a, uh, a frequent commentator on measuring online customer satisfaction and has been quoted in numerous publications and media, including the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, Investors Business Daily, ABC News, USA Today, and Larry, I could just go on and on. Starting to sound like my mom there. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good, thanks. Well, I, I'm, I'm definitely glad to have you on the air today because... Um, Remarkably, t- today, um, you know, here on Webmaster Radio, we're actually, it's kind of like Customer Satisfaction Day. 
because later on tonight, we're actually going to be interviewing James D. Power of uh, the J.D. Power & Associates regarding the same topic. Oh, that's great. So so this is very much on my mind today, and I'm glad to have you uh, on AdTech Connect. And uh, I'm ready to jump right in here because I know that customer satisfaction is something that um, can not only increase a company's um, bottom line and productivity, but it can also reduce their expenses, their overhead, what have you, and um, the overall satisfaction in, in, in the eyeballs of the public. So. Uh, I, I'd like to kind of jump right in and, and ask how, how did you how, how did you start leaning towards customer satisfaction? What 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 gave you that passion for working in this arena? Well, a couple of things really. Uh, the first was having been around the web development space and, and various computer applications, web and even pre-web. The challenge for all those applications is really creating an experience and that meets the needs and exceeds the expectations of the customers and the prospects, those visiting those websites. And so much of the analysis that we would do and the, the decisions that we would make were based on gut feel, were based on anecdotal information, were based on poorly done research that it created a huge void. And um, I actually met an individual, Dr. Klaus Fernell, who is a University of Michigan Business School professor, who created the technology that drives the American Customer Satisfaction Index. And it made great sense to take this proven, reliable, accurate, and precise methodology of measuring satisfaction and bring it to websites. And what was most impressive to me and really got me hooked was the fact that there was an enormous amount of financial evidence uh, around the ACSI that proves that, it one, it is a reliable measurement of satisfaction, and second, that satisfaction will ultimately drive financial performance, and that's the name of the game. Well, you know, I, I think that's also, um, you know, it, it's also a hurdle for a lot of people, and I, I, I don't think it needs to be. But I, I think a lot of people, when they get, you know, they, they, they build their online presence, um, you know, th- there's, there's the typical um, modes of customer interaction, a contact page. Right. And, um, you know, that's, I, I don't think that's necessarily, you know, all that, that can, you know, can really be done. Uh, and, I, and I know you have some definite feelings on this, you know. Part of of a company, I would say, understanding um, you know their customer better is is likely better you know customer interaction. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you want to understand your customer better, and there are a thousand different ways to do it, um, and each one of them is really additive to the process. So, contact us page, email comments, uh, calls that come into your call centers; those are all really really valuable. None of those really give you a metric, though, and, and sure. many people make a mistake of, of relying on those for metrics. So they'll look at the number of complaints they got, and as that number of complaints go down, oh, yeah. our metrics are getting better. Well, yeah. maybe their metrics aren't getting better. Maybe their, their customer base is getting smaller, right? Uh-huh. So what you really want is you want a, a scientific measurement that accurately measures a representative audience on an ongoing basis. An ongoing basis is really key in a, in a fast-moving, dynamic web world that can give you the intelligence to know, are we meeting our customers' needs? Are we exceeding their expectations? In other words, are we satisfying them? And, and then equally important, is, as a result of that experience, what are they going to do next? Are they going to go into a store and purchase a product that they researched online? Are they going to purchase online? Are they going to return to our site? Are they going to recommend our site to others? So now I can assess the true value that, that each of those visits brings me in terms of the impact that it's going to have, not only on my business today, which is easy to track, but on my business in the future. Now, are you talking about um, something that goes beyond, you know, say a website that deploys polling features? Yeah, way, way, way beyond that. So, you know, the, the typical polling type capability and, and even taking it a step further into the survey capability, uh-huh. the simplistic survey. Sure. You know, we're asking customers questions and there's no science and methodology behind it. When most research companies talk about a methodology, they talk about the way that they ask the questions, the way that they gather the data, the way that they um, present the reports. When we talk about a methodology, we're referring to the American Customer Satisfaction Index methodology. It's the methodology of how the data is analyzed and the actual calculations that go into the data to determine their score, what we call scores and impacts. And that is basically how well are you doing, not only in satisfying your customers, but in what they're going to do next, the future desired behaviors, and also in those elements that drive satisfaction and what impact is change going to have on 
improving that behavior because ultimately where consumers have freedom of choice, they're going to go where they're satisfied. So we want to find the triggers, the hot buttons that if we improve the navigation of the website for first-time visitors that are coming to look for a very specific product, it's going to improve their satisfaction and their likelihood to purchase. Now, let me ask you this. Um, you know, when it comes down to um, you know, measuring customer satisfaction and, and what you just stated, you know, it sounds like it's very akin to um, you know, typical data mining you, you know, around web analytics just translated into um, you know, measuring actual customer-oriented results and satisfaction of their interaction with the site. Is, is that right? Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. I mean, when you think about the behavioral analytics, um, that, and this is actually a topic we're going to be talking about at the Ad Tech Impact Series, uh, it, it, that's great information, and every site should know how many people are coming to the site, sure. what are the most visited pages and all of that. Um, but that, that tells you what's happened. Right. And if, and if I've got a, a group of people that come to my website and abandon my shopping cart with three items in my shopping cart, I want to know that. But right. it still doesn't tell me if I'm having a good experience with those consumers because if they're likely to come back and purchase in the future, that was a positive experience. Right. If they're likely to go to a store, one of my retail locations, and purchase them right now, that's a win. Yet my behavioral metrics will tell me that it was a loss. So the behavioral metrics are really key to tell us what happened. What satisfaction is going to tell us is why it's happening what we can do about it and what's likely to happen in the future. So it becomes much more predictive and takes the trial and error out of the behavioral side. So, you know, kind of math taken to the next level, um, putting behavioral data together with an, an accurate and precise reliable satisfaction data gives us one plus one equals three because I'm able to combine the what with the why. Now I can be very effective at focusing my improvements on the right segments of my audience that are going to impact their behavior. Now, now I, I'm very curious in regards to, you know, the the impact um, that a customer satisfaction mentality that um, you know someone has in regards to, you know, kind of correlating their their web analytics with customer satisfaction analytics, so to speak. Um, what's the difference between a website? That um, you know, let's say they're an e-commerce-based website and they've got a database of product that they sell, right. and you have another site that that is you know almost identical, you know, a, a competing site, but they're the one that has that focus on customer satisfaction. In your experience, what's the difference to the bottom line between those two companies? One that has the the customer satisfaction focus and the one that doesn't. Ultimately, survival. Um, you know, Amazon's a great example. Amazon is a company that has great focus on, on their customer, right? Um, now, sometimes they do it to the fault of their financial situation. So if you remember back, you know, three, four years ago, it was all about having all the products you possibly could ever want in inventory during the holiday season so that they made sure they met your needs. Maybe not a good fiscally responsible approach, but at the time, their goal was to build their base and to have great customer satisfaction. So, you know, they're a company that, that we see great revenue uh, growth every year, um, the top, you know, the largest online retailer out there, and it is all about the customer. Um, they're a company that's watched very closely from a customer satisfaction standpoint. Other companies that are not customer-focused but ha have a tendency to be internally focused um, will suffer significantly will uh, not have the same kind of market value, not the same kind of profitability, and so on. There's been a lot of research that's actually tracked customer satisfaction as measured by the ACSI with financial performance, and there's actually a portfolio strategy that's been developed around that. And those companies that outperform the, the peer groups that do well in terms of satisfying their customers, um, you invest in those in theory and you, you sell short those that do poorly. That's a very simple example of it, but it's a little more complex than that. But, but that portfolio strategy outperforms every major market index every year. Why? Because if you satisfy your customers, you're going to do well financially. So the impact on the bottom line is huge. It is probably the most important thing a company can do. Um, another way to look at it is, is there's, in most companies, in almost every company, there's a missing uh, item off your balance sheet, and that is your customer. Right. And, and a methodology like the ACSI gives us the ability 
to measure that customer satisfaction because satisfied customers are a huge asset. They're going to buy from us again. They're going to recommend us to others. Dissatisfied customers are a huge liability. Right, right. Larry. On the internet. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Larry, if you would, stay with me really quick because I want to I want to um, ensure some satisfied advertisers. <laughs> good. We're going to pay some bills real quick, folks. If you stay with us, we'll be right back with Larry Freed, President and CEO of 4C Results. Stay with us. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. What happens when super affiliates hit the glass ceiling? They develop RevenueGateway.com. The ad network developed by super affiliates for the affiliate marketplace. Tap into the most powerful and intuitive system designed for ROI. Exclusive tier one advertisers, highest industry payouts, bonus rewards, and rock sun on time payments. Looking to be creative or need mentoring? There is always someone there for you live 24-7. RevenueGateway.com. The secret to your success. RevenueGateway.com. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, textlinkads.com. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free Search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. It's SE Gurus. Rainmaker. Hey, Yankee. And his beautiful co-host, Brandy. Yankee and a southerner. I do that lovely southern draw. I don't, I don't have the Texan accent. I'm sorry, but... No, I don't, I don't think I do either, but I love that honey drip sort of sound. Anyway. <laughs> someone's probably going to pull that blurb out and use it for a promo now. Thanks. Rainmaker. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on Webmaster Radio. Now back to... You're connected now with your host... Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Ad Tech Connect. I am joined with Larry Freed, President and CEO of 4C Results, and we're talking customer satisfaction, folks. And I got to tell you, this is a real beef I have with companies that really don't take this into account. And we were just talking about, um, you know, what what is customer satisfaction, how it impacts uh, a, a, a you know a company's website, um, and. You know, Larry, what I'd like to, to kind of get into a little bit is what what exactly comprises an effort of customer satisfaction? Like what, what, you know, just some simple things that, you know, a company could actually focus on um, and, and do that would improve that relationship. Well, the first thing they got to do is they have to listen to their customers. Um, we, as business folks, often think that we know what's right for our customers. Uh, we bring in all of our, our self-proclaimed experts, I guess I would fall into that category as well, and we tell you, you know, or, or those experts will tell you what is right for your customers. Well, that's, that, experts have a great value in this proposition, but at the end of the day, I want to hear it from my customers, so make sure you're listening to your customers. Uh, do it in a very reliable and proven methodology. Uh, bad data is worse than no data at all, and the silly analogy I like to use to to make that point is if you think it's three steps to the end of the cliff and it's really only one, you know, two steps later you're at the bottom of the canyon looking up. Oh, yeah. So 
you, you know, it's important that you have accurate, precise, and reliable information. And, and listening is the first step. You know, one of the other mistakes that people often make is they try to focus on what customers scream the loudest about, um, what customers will tell them is the most important. In business, what we want to do is we want to improve those things that are going to impact their buying decision. Another stupid analogy, um, airline safety is the most important thing to every flyer I've ever met, and uh, yet hardly any of us. Probably none of us ever make a flying decision based on airline safety. Exactly. And so what I want to do is, is I want to focus on those things that are going to impact their buying behavior, impact their level of satisfaction, and that's really the key. Um, it, you know, folks try to do it internally. Folks try to do it externally. Uh, there's, you know, there's ne- necessarily no right or wrong there, but the key is to, to use something that's proven, have a great methodology. We believe the American Customer Satisfaction Index is that, is the gold standard. It's got the um, evidence behind it, the financial evidence behind it that it works, and companies need to focus on the customer, customer centricity. Indeed, indeed. Now, tell me about the American Customer Satisfaction Index. Uh, it's a methodology that's been around for over 10 years now, about 11 years in total. It measures about 200 organizations that make up 45% of the gross domestic product. It is the only cross-industry measurement of consumer satisfaction with goods and services in the U.S. economy. And as a result of that, it is a great predictor of the economy. Um, is consumers, as they have great experiences, will buy more. And it used to be felt that consumer confidence, how we felt about the economy in general, was the best predictor of consumer spending, which really drives the economy. Mm-hmm. Lately, it's been shown that the ACSI customer satisfaction is the best predictor of consumer spending. Again, because as we have great experiences, we're going to buy more products and services. Now, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree that, that uh, a bad experience, um, word of mouth, has the same impact on a bad experience as it does a good, uh, a good experience? Um, it has a, a big impact on both. And the, the thing about the Internet is, is that it really accelerates the impact of that experience uh-huh. because if you think about you walk in the store and have a bad experience, there's a cost for you to get in your car and drive to the next store. Right. And then you, may or, you may have a better or worse experience. But on, on the Internet, we can clone ourselves. Uh, we can be in multiple places at the same time. So the impact of the experience, because the switching costs are lower, is even greater. Good experiences um, have, a, have obviously a huge impact on the web because of the, the large communities that have been built on the web, the ease of telling other people about a great right. experience. Review sites. Review sites. Yeah. Generally, I would, I would say that, that a bad, a horrible experience is a bigger negative impact than a, a positive impact does, than a positive experience does. So, gotcha. you know, the, the downside is huge. Right? The cost of a dissatisfied customer is huge. Now, a, a company doesn't have to um, spend millions of dollars to get, to, to get close to their customers, do they? No, no, not at all. It's actually a very economically way to focus on it, right, uh, you know, through providers like 4C Results, but uh, is obviously a great and economical way to do it. But it, beyond that, you know, the key is to be listening to your customers, to be, you know, mining every piece of data that you can, reliable data, uh, and, and those anecdotal stories that you hear are important. What you don't want to do is you don't want to react to the squeaky wheel every time, but you need every aspect of the customer intelligence that you can get. Um, customer intelligence is, is, in my opinion, the key to making good business decisions. Now, d- does customer satisfaction also take into account the whole experience from the time they, l- they land on the website, you know, the, the website's graphic user interface, um, you know, the ease of navigation, um, you know, things of that nature? Absolutely. The way we look at satisfaction is a very, very broad definition. It is everything that, that goes into, at the end of the day, them saying whether they're satisfied or not. And it actually even goes back further than you said, because it's driven a lot by what their expectation is coming to the website. Mm-hmm. So the advertising that's done, you know, you tell someone there's free shipping, and they come to your website, and it's not really free. <laughs> you know, right. no matter what the shipping costs, they're going to be dissatisfied. Right. So, you know, ultimately, in really simple terms, satisfaction is a combination of what you get and what you expect. And the expectations start before they even come to your site. And we actually look at satisfaction of the life cycle. So um, we look at people that are browsing sites. And these are retail sites or content sites. It doesn't matter. Um, In the retail world, you're also looking at them as they make a purchase, as they... um, after they've gotten the product fulfilled, and even after they've used the product. So it's a life cycle or a funnel of satisfaction, and, and a leak anywhere it results in a lost customer. But you've got to satisfy them at each level uh-huh. as they're browsing your website to get them to that next level of doing business with you. Now, very customer-centric um, you know, company uh, and their website, you know, how they present themselves, how they market themselves, obviously, um, you know how they interact with that customer you know in your experience what how, how does that success translate to the bottom line 
I mean, because you know, we know that that, that site's likely going to be more successful. But in relation to a company that you know obviously um, you know doesn't think about it, all right, great. You know, they're likely going to die, or they're going to still continue to hurl money at advertising campaigns right. and make make customers angry and that sort of thing. But are, are there tangible, measurable numbers that that you've been able to see? You know, like maybe there's a fifty percent impact on on positive revenue and return visits. You know, for you know, uh, satisfied customers that come back. Um, you know, to to either purchase you know goods or services with your website. You know, twenty five percent increase. You know, is are there those types of of benchmark? numbers out there that you know someone you know could could kind of take a look at and go okay this is why I should become more customer satisfaction centric um, that's a great question and there's really there's two points to to the answer the first is it, it is going to differ for every company and for the the impact of the change sure, you make but sure. what we've seen is we've seen uh, improvements in a matter of of weeks and months after focusing on your customer, and, and what it really allows you to do is to fix the right things on your website, uh, but increases a 45% in conversion rate you know, within weeks, um, driving call center volume down because you're doing a better job of meeting their needs on the website. Uh, one example, from 6,000 calls a month to 60. Wow. You know, huge savings. We, we've had our customers stand up in front of audiences and talk about millions of dollars of call center re- uh, redirection to the website. Um, That's huge. Revenue growth at, you know, 40, 50, 80%. Average order size going up by 20, 30, 40%, and so on. So the, the case studies, if you will, will sure. results are just phenomenal. But the second point of that is, is that um, it's not satisfaction at any cost, right? So, you know, where, where there's not freedom of choice, you don't necessarily need to have the highest level of satisfaction. But where there is freedom of choice, you still have to balance the cost of that satisfaction. And one of the great things about the ACSI methodology, it actually quantifies the kind of improvement you should expect. So you can then look at what's it going to cost for us to improve their likelihood to purchase by 10%. What's it going to cost for us to improve their likelihood to recommend us by 20% and make a good business decision as opposed to, um, you know, throwing the dart at the dartboard and hoping you hit the right spot? Wow, wow. I, I mean, that's, 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 that's a good thing because I know a lot of people out there, um, you know, I, you know they want to they, they want to get their web presence going. Um, you know maybe they've got something up already, and um, you know a lot a lot of times you know as a consumer out there, you know I I have I have great experiences, I have poor experiences. Right. You know Amazon has most definitely perfected, uh, in my opinion, that experience. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of people who could still work on that experience. You know, I, I think companies like like a UPS. You look at their website. You look at, you know, delivery results, and you kind of go, "Wow!" You know, you everyone everyone can kind of critique, you know, a certain company and experience that they've had. But I think at some point in time, you know, companies do have to to try and say, okay, you know, what's it going to cost me to understand, you know, the user experience better, and what am I going to get out of it? Is it worth it? Do, you know, do you see companies that that actually say that? Like, is it is some it, do? Is I, it really I, I, worth it? I had one customer, one prospect once tell me, "Well, I don't really care <laughs> if my customers are satisfied." And luckily, that guy's not employed anymore by that same. Yeah, person. right. Oh my God, I, good I, of us all. Yeah, I, I mean, because you know, one would think that you know, obviously, the good outweighs the negative, and right. um, you know that that working towards a positive experience is is something that. Uh, that, that, that all, you know, all websites need to do. For, no, that, for one of the things that turns my stomach is often I hear folks say, well, you know, I'm not big enough yet. I don't have enough people. I'm going to wait till my site grows in popularity uh, or until my, my revenue numbers go up or my content you know, viewing numbers go up before I actually focus on customer sat. Well, it's too late then, right? You know, the, the web crowd, the Internet traffic, because of the low switching costs, doesn't give you a lot of chances. And the time to do it is, is, is yesterday because every day that goes by and, and these sites are spending you know, lots of money for uh, bringing eyeballs to their sites, search engine optimization and, sure. search engine marketing and all of those things, you know, the best way to improve the return on investment on that is when those folks come to your site, win them, right? Satisfy and meet their needs and what we call loyalty conversion, convert them to become a loyal customer. Now I've taken the return on that investment, uh, that, that acquisition right. cost, tenfold, a hundredfold up. 
Now, would you also agree that, that that's probably understanding your, your own company's unique value proposition and placing an emphasis on that and not only how it's presented on the website, uh, but in the ad buys, the media buys that are, that are right. you know, happening and, and that translating through to the appropriate pages on the website to, you know, get that point across. Oh, yeah, that's huge. You've got you've to have that consistent brand image. And so, a lot of companies right now are trying to be something different on the web than they are in their other channels. And that's a tough thing to, to do. You're really starting your brand over. Sure. Um, one of the things that we're doing more and more of right now is looking at satisfaction for various segments. So um, we're looking at the satisfaction of the, the audience segments coming from different sources, those coming from search engine optimization sure. versus those coming from search engine marketing versus affiliate programs versus right. Typing in the URL direct, now you can start to, to really put a quantifiable measurement around the success of those attraction vehicles, those acquisition vehicles beyond the click through, right? Because, again, on the premise that you may complete a transaction with me, you may do what I asked you to do today because you really needed to, but if you're satisfied, you're going to do it again. If you're not, you're going to tell other people not to do it. And so it's more than just watching the click, it's, you know, the click throughs, it's about taking that to the next level and determining what impact that I have on that user. Right. Managing customer expectations. Huge. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you, you know what? I, I, we've actually come down to, to the bottom of our interview. I, I could go on and on about this. I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm about managing customer expectations. And, All about you know, the customer. I, I really am because, uh, you know, I, I, te- I tend to have been one of those early adopters, and I, I was using a credit card very, very early on in the web and, and um, you know, was never afraid to do so, but, but have, you know, I've had great experiences, and I've had horrible experiences, and uh, as of late, you know, we've, uh, we've definitely turned our eyeballs more towards talking about this, um, you know, because I think, you know, the more people decide discuss it, um, you know, w- with businesses that are out there that are trying to put a good face forward on the web that, um, you know, I'm an SEO by trade and I tell people you need to build build your website with search in mind from the get-go, but, you know, that that's 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 also called getting your house in order and, and right. a part of getting your house in order is thinking about how you're translating your business model, your unique value proposition, what you have to offer and putting that best foot forward first. Uh, and always putting the customer first. Agreed? Uh, totally, yeah. It's, it's, if you keep the mantra that it's all about your customer, that's a great step, and, and that's the f- sort of the first step. And the other way that we look at it is, is you can't manage what you can't measure, and yeah. you know, your customer's a big part of that. Larry, I definitely want to thank you. For, for those of you listening right now that would uh, like to, to get some more information, you guys are, are involved in the Impact Series? Yes, we are. Uh, awesome, awesome. So you, you guys could definitely check, uh, check that out. So, um, you know, it, like I said earlier on, um, you know, make plans to, to hit one of those cities. If not, uh, Ad Tech San Francisco will we'll obviously be there. And, uh, Larry, if they want to get in touch with you or your company uh, to, to get more information, how, how would they do that? Uh, probably the best way is on the web with the URL is www.4cresults.com. That's F-O-R-E-S-E-E results. Perfect, perfect. Larry, I'd like to thank you for being on today. Um, you know, again, uh, thank you for your time and, of course, your insight into customer satisfaction. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It was great talking with you. You got it. All right, folks, stay with us. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Mark Kwame from Sequoia Capital. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. More than a name. 
Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch searchmedia.com today. It's time to turn back the hands of time. Nope, not enough. Not there yet. Uh, one more time. Webmaster Radio presents Magical Mystery Mondays. Oh, behave. Roll back to the one. The age of Aquarius, when flowers had power. Every Monday night from 8 till midnight, we're going to sock it to you with the groovy sounds of the 60s. Only on Webmaster Radio. Yeah, baby, yeah! <laughs> yeah. Now back to... Connected now with your host. Well, welcome back to Ad Tech Connect, folks. My name is Darren Babbitt of WebmasterRadio.fm, and joining me for this segment of Ad Tech Connect, Mark Kwame. Mark, how you doing? How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. How's the weather back there? Fantastic, Fort Lauderdale. You can't beat it, man. That's great. That's great. <laughs> uh, folks, just uh, to give you a little heads up, Mark focuses on services and software investments with Sequoia Capital. He's currently a director of Adbright Cast Iron Systems. Um, I mean, it just goes on and on. Motorsport, LinkedIn. I mean, there's some there's some serious names here. Um, you know, I, I want to say Pod Show. You're involved there as well. Yep. Um, and what? Prior to joining Sequoia Capital in 1999, Mark was chairman of U.S. Web CKS and chairman and CEO of CKS Group prior to the merger with U.S. Web. Yep. Uh, man, you've just kind of you've had your fingers in a lot of pies. Well, yeah, no, I've uh, I've always been uh, fascinated with technology and how technology and marketing. Uh, uh, come together. In fact, here's a little little known fact. It was actually me and another fellow that kind of came up with the idea for ad tech uh, ten years ago. So um, really, uh, so uh, so anyway. So I, I've been associated. I went to the fir- very very first ad tech. I think it was down. I, I want to say it was in New York or in L.A. or somewhere. And we didn't have very many people, and then it kind of took off. And and uh, so it's been fun to to see how well it's uh, how how well it's grown over the years. Wow! Now, it, tell me a little bit about uh, Sequoia Capital. I mean, you know, when when someone out there these days thinks about Sequoia, you know, I, I mean that it's it's you know the name in venture you know in the venture capital world. You know, I come you know what comes to mind immediately for me are you know big powerhouse names like Google, Yahoo. Oracle, you know, just to name a couple. <laughs> I mean, you have a massive portfolio. So, tell me a little bit about how you got involved with Sequoia. Well, I uh, I joined Sequoia in uh, 1999 um, after uh, we uh, sold CKS, which is a company uh, that uh, I was with since the, the the beginning when we were five or six guys, and uh, grew that to several hundred people, and then sold it, and then uh, after that sale, when I became chairman of the combined U.S. Web CKS company, I. I decided what I really enjoyed doing was working with young entrepreneurs with cool ideas, and and uh, the Sequoia guys were foolish enough to uh, 
to think that was a good idea and brought me on. <laughs> and so you, you've been involved in, I'm sure, like a ton of just amazing, amazing deals. Um, you know, what stands out in your mind as, as being, um, you know, some really cool projects that you've worked on? Well, I know uh, one of my partners, uh, uh, Mike Moritz, um, brought in a, a guy named Elon Musk, and he had this wacky idea of online payments and worked very closely with Mike and Elon, That uh, and it eventually became PayPal. And it was kind of fun, literally, when it was one guy. In fact, that, in those days, it was called X.com. We actually merged X.com with PayPal and what created what PayPal is today. And that was that was just you know a lot of fun uh, to do from you know zero nothing to you know what it is today a major uh, a major uh, use you know uh, trader of funds if you will uh, in the online world uh, you know also from my from my days at CKS it was a lot of fun because you know we helped you know help launch Yahoo Amazon we did the eBay logo and identity and launch and 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 then uh, here at Sequoia working with. Uh, you know, the early days of Google was actually invested in uh, uh, several months before I joined. But uh, working with uh, uh, with those guys on some early stuff, all the way through, you know, working with Reed Hoffman over at LinkedIn or Philip Kaplan at AdBright, it's just an exciting time. I mean, there's just there's so much going on, and uh, you know, this internet thing is for real. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, you know, a lot of people would say, all right, you know, we we hit this bust. You know, the the internet bust. And, um, you know, it's almost like, you know, when the stock market takes a big tanking and what have you, you know, people kind of correlate, you know, that to to a down period. You know, what do you think that was? And, you know, put that into perspective with with what Sequoia has done, um, you know, since that time period, you know. Well, the one thing that people, I mean, you know, it was the the reason why everyone talks about that bus is because that was the first time that Silicon Valley went through one of its typical cycles, and everyone on the planet knew about it because right. of the size and scope of what was happening. Um, but you know, Silicon Valley's been going in a four or five year kind of cycle since you know since the '60s or '70s. I mean, I, I can remember you know uh, a down cycle in early '80 and a down cycle, and you know, I remember people talking around you know '86, '87, saying. Well, we did the PC. What's next? You know, what, what's going to happen? And you know, uh, that's by the way, right around the year that uh, Dell was started. Right. Um, and then, you know, in the early '90s, you know, we're going, "What's next? Boy, all computing's done." And then, you know, the internet comes along. So, um, you know, this was just another part of those cycles. So, I, I, uh, it's something that I think if you if you if you lived here, if you worked here for a long period of time, it's just something you know about. And what happens is is Things do get overhyped, for lack of a better term. But it was interesting. I was, I was actually sitting down with somebody oh, about six months ago and looking at the numbers, the projections that people were saying in 98, 99, where we would be in 2004 and 2005. Uh-huh. And we're basically exactly where we projected. Uh, the thing was is people got way ahead of themselves. Um, the markets, basically the public market, decided it was going to be an, a venture investor and was investing in these companies with you know, no real proven business models, and uh, it just got very frothy, and now it's come back, you know, obviously um, come back down, but I mean, some, some great companies have been created, uh, you know, one of the high, most highly valued companies around Google was created, you know, started in 99, right at the beginning of the, uh, of the downfall. Now, when you look at, you know, Google, you know, going public and, and, and that sort of thing, you know, obviously, you know, you, you guys are out to see, you, you know, everything in your portfolio to succeed. You know, that's that, I'm sure that that puts a smile on everyone's face. You know, how, how do you guys go about, you know, looking at I'm sure you get pitched constantly. How, oh, yeah, I mean, that's our business. I mean, yeah. we, we're fortunate enough and we, you know, we just recently funded a group of guys uh, with a new idea, and their average age is 20 or 21. Wow. Uh, and, you know, the same thing, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously back more experienced entrepreneurs as well. But we just, we just love having people come in here and tell us uh, what they're up to, no matter how rough it is. I mean, one thing that there's this a little bit of uh, uh, lore or whatever in the Valley that, uh, you know, Sequoia, you've got to get ready before you see Sequoia. Our <laughs> best investments are two guys in a garage and in some cases don't even know where they're you know, how they're going to make money. Really? Uh, I mean, the early days Yahoo, I mean, they didn't know exactly what was going to happen. I mean, it was just two guys sharing website addresses and, and categorizing the beginning of the categorization of the web that, that led to, a, you know, a multi-billion dollar company. So, 
it's it's not uh, you don't have to come in here with you know everything uh, you know spit shined and polished. It's hey, I, you know, here's some cool ideas. This is something that I think the world needs, and uh, you move forward. Nice, nice, nice. So, so you, you, what do you look at when when someone comes in to pitch you? You know, that, I'm sure that that, that there's you know something that um you know like like a criteria set that that you guys say you know hey you know here's a cool idea uh but you're really looking for x y and z i mean is there is there something specific that you guys you know tend the, the, to the best thing we see are people who come in here who have created companies not because they wanted to create a company not because they wanted to become you know millionaires but they created a company that solved a problem that they had and it turns out more than one person had that problem. Uh, so whether that was Yahoo, for example, right. hey, you know, I'm just sharing the sites with, you know, David and Jerry were just sharing sites and categorizing sites so that people, you know, they could find their sites more easily. That became Yahoo. You know, when Google came around, Larry and Sergey just thought, you know, it was impossible to find anything on the net because it had gotten so big, and they created Google. Um, you know, for example, you know, one of our uh, recent investments is Zappos, which is a online shoe manufacturer, yeah, on- online shoe seller. You know, the, the founder of that company, you know, he was at a mall and, you know, he has normal size shoes. It not look like he was looking for 14 triple D's or something. It's, like, I think, size 9 or 10 shoe. Right. He couldn't find a shoe in a shoe size at a very large mall here in California. He said, gosh, I'm going to start a shoe store online so people can actually find the shoes they want. So I mean it's it's those simple things and I you know I can give you a hundred examples like that I mean Motorsport a company I'm on is you know sells uh, motorcycle parts and accessories and uh, um, this guy uh, you know got tired of going down to his local dealer not not having what he wants so he starts motors you know the company's growing like crazy so nine times out of ten the most successful things are not people sitting in the back room saying what kind of business shall I start and how am I going to do this it's you know just an entrepreneur who's got a got a problem and finds a way of solving that problem and it turns out there's more than one guy that has the same problem nice nice mark if you do me a favor and stand by we're going to take a quick break real quick and when we come back i'd like to talk to you uh, a little bit about podcasting and and how you guys view that whole sector considering you're involved in pod show great talk to you in a minute great stand by over four thousand clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Click Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. Need a change of pace? Well, you're at it. WebmasterRadio.fm, your home for B2B. Now back to You're connected now with your host. Uh, I'd like to welcome you uh, back to this edition of Ad Tech Connect. We are talking to Mark Kwame of Sequoia Capital. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you very much. So we were talking about this podcasting thing before the break, and obviously this is something that's really taken off, and Ad Tech Connect is a very popular podcast in and of itself, and uh, Sequoia has gotten on board with Adam Curry and Pod Show. T- tell me, uh, tell me what, what was so appealing about podcasting for you guys? Well, I mean, we're, uh, we're a big believer on the fact that... Uh, uh, 
all forms of media are moving onto the net. So obviously, the the written word for the first ten years of the net has been you know work you know been moved to the net very very quickly. Uh, we uh, we have seen uh, you know there were some early things you know reels done pretty well and a, a couple other uh, streaming media type things. But the problem with streaming media is I had to sit down in my study or at my office and listen to it while I was connected to a computer. And so we've always been big believers in audio, but never really saw something that, uh, you know, could be a big company. And then, you know, Adam has this uh, brilliant idea of, of connecting, uh, you know, MP3 files with RSS feeds and podcasting is, is born. Uh, and it allows people to listen, to listen to audio material when and where they are, you know, whether they're running down the street or in their car or wherever. So my uh, that that's why I was very intrigued. I mean, I've I've always been looking at this whole audio media space. I mean, it close to 30 billion dollars a year in advertising is spent in uh, radio advertising and I think there's a great opportunity to do that on the net through uh, through podcasting. Now, do you listen to podcasts yourself? Absolutely. <laughs> what are some of your favorites? Some of my favorites. See, this is now I'm going to give you away all my secrets <laughs> here. Uh, well, okay, this is I listen to Adam Curry's of course because he always gives sure. me a good uh, the, the daily uh source code yeah but uh i would say the other ones one is the you know you're gonna love this one dmxs dead motorcycle <laughs> uh, dead motocross society motorcycle <laughs> motocrosser society I'm a, I'm a big motocross supercross guy so nice there's a hour show once a week and they interview riders and racers and all that kind of fun stuff dmxs the other big one is is <laughs> and not a cool. I'm a Norwegian, so I like to keep up on what's going on in Norway. And actually, that's a video podcast. Really? Okay. Uh, that I listen to. It comes out of Norway. Those are my three big ones. That that's your three to. big ones. Nice. Now, now, actually, you know the Podtech Infotech guy too, John uh, John Furrier. Yeah. Uh, he does a good job too. Now, do, do do you ever listen to This Week in Tech? Uh, of course. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just uh, checking. Of course. <laughs> so now, are you you you're a big advocate of uh, all of the new supporting devices? So you know, riding down uh, the freeway and you, you're plugged in, listen listening in your car or what have yep. you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No. I, I just uh, I, I I fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to put it, have a very short commute. So I don't do a ton of podcast listening in my car. I do most of mine when I'm in an airplane or you know. Uh, you know, doing chores or you know, working on my motorcycle or that kind of stuff. Nice, nice, nice. So, so you know, uh, do, where do you see the whole podcasting thing going? I mean, you know, obviously you guys are you're, you're on board. Um, you know, uh, I I was out at a, a podcasting event not too long ago, and, and you know, this is it's very very much a a, a big, bigger medium than I think a lot of the podcasters even thought it was. The you know the event was much larger than than that, and most of the you know big trade shows out there talking about, of course, ad tech is. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be speaking on uh, on a podcasting panel coming up. I want to say New York. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wh- where do you do you do you see it uh, really encroaching upon satellite and and uh, you know um, traditional radio as such? Uh, I I think it will, uh, and and as, especially as more and more cars become. Uh, you know, uh, iPod or you know whatever MP3 connected. Um, I think it's going to have a significant impact because uh, you can uh, you can listen to what you want to listen to. You can be, uh, I mean, for example, especially on the talk sizing. What I love about podcasting is, you know, I it's I can listen and learn about a whole bunch of different stuff in that time that I could not get in radio and wouldn't be cost effective to get in radio. So. I just think that people's uh, listening habits are going to fundamentally change, and sure. you know, it, it's amazing to me. I'm, you know, I've been interviewed on a couple podcasts. How many people email me and say, "Hey, I heard you on this, this, and that podcast." <laughs> I mean, it's it's amazing. In fact, while we were talking here, I just got an email from a guy in the UK who said he just listened to one of my podcasts. That's funny. I mean, it's it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Now, what do you think about podcasting making the jump to um, you know distribution channels such as mobile phones? Oh, I absolutely think that's going to happen. Uh, it's uh, I think the the big big question mark is these is carriers. I mean, will carriers sure. allow this stuff through without trying to figure out how they're going to make a dime on it? Right. Uh, if they open it up, it will happen very very quickly and efficiently. Yeah, I, I can, uh, I can you tell you this. Companies like Amped Mobile, that I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're they're really embracing broadband right. 
podcasts as well as video casts and, and things like yeah. that. I think I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I, as as it is, AdTech Connect is um, is able to be listened to on Motorola's, uh, you know, Rokers and Razors and Ericsson's uh, via Melodio. Melodio has, has launched yep. that, and and you know you, you you know you only have to have. Um, uh, you know what is it a data plan and, and for right now it's free and I was extremely surprised at the ease of you know uh, installation of it but I, I, I do see and agree with you the hurdles of um, you know the carriers and, and uh, all the variety of platforms and you know phones evolve so rapidly so that that's it's a uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on, uh, in my opinion, um, and and good to good to see you guys uh, backing and supporting the podcasting community. So big thanks from from those of us who podcast. Yeah, no, I know. I think the one thing that you know I, I really like about Podshow is Podshow is not only about you know some of the media properties they have, but they're creating an, uh, an advertising network to allow independent podcasters to get out there and get heard and get paid for it. Right, and I think that's very very important because. If this uh, for for podcasting to really be huge, you know you're going to need to be able to. Ha- I mean, there's some some people are going to have you know audiences of a hundred, audiences of a couple thousand, audiences of ten thousand. And if you can really figure out a way to uh, empower those people, it you know, Katie bar the doors. You, you've seen it already happen in the printed word called blogging. Sure, but you know, if for pod- podcasting to be the audio blogging medium. Uh, we need to provide efficient tools and advertising mechanisms to do that, and that's what the Podshow guys are doing. Indeed, indeed. Now, l- l- let me let me shift gears on you here real quick. We just got a couple of minutes left. Yep. Um, LinkedIn. Yes. That's another really really hot property out there. Yep. Um, what what about LinkedIn? Uh, did you find so attractive? Well, I uh, the, the underlying investment premise that, for that uh, for LinkedIn for me was the internet's about you know, at the end of the day, the internet helps you, and, and search engines, for lack of a better term, help you find people, places, and things. Indeed, uh, it's really hard to find people on a search engine uh, because you know, yeah, you get some ancillary stuff, and it's just, it's just very hard. And so, when I saw what LinkedIn did, you know, if we can create this, you know, this network, which we're now close to five million people in the network. Uh, I can type in somebody's name, and I can, you know, nine times out of ten, they're in LinkedIn, a business name, that is, and I'm able to connect to them. It, it amazes me. I, was, I won't mention who it was, but I, I uh, was reading in Business Week about some bigwig at a big media company. I mean, the president of a media company. I typed in his name and uh, saw that he was connected through one of my connections. <laughs> uh, I typed a little letter in six hours. Really? I was connected to him. Wow. I mean, so... It, it's an amazing tool. I mean, anybody who is in sales or in, in, in recruiting or anybody whose business is people, they've got, uh, my, you know, people are really discovering how LinkedIn can be efficient for them. Yeah, I, I, and I use it, for example, for all my, you know, uh, when I need to do a reference check on somebody. Sure. When I want to do a backdoor reference check, I can do that. So yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a great tool. Yeah, I'm in there. I, I, I haven't utilized it. I must confess, I haven't utilized it to uh, to its full ex- uh, extent, but I'm just now starting to, you know, I'm, I'm getting more and more requests from people. Yep. You know, that want to connect, and I'm like, okay, so I really got to bear down on this now. So, no, it's uh, a great tool. I mean, it's it's an amazing tool. It, it seems to be uh, a great uh, networking tool um, outside of the traditional medium that we're all so accustomed to. Exactly. Get to the exactly. trade I mean, shows. It's, you know. it's just like, it's this whole concept of, uh, I know you, but I don't know everybody that you know. And there's probably somebody that you know that could help me do what I do. Right. And it just it's it's a way of mechanizing all of that and it's and it really works. You know, the old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, exactly. LinkedIn lets you know a lot of people. Exactly, exactly. Mark, I really appreciate you taking uh, the time to talk with us. You're, you're going to be keynoting uh, at AdTech San Francisco, are you not? I am. Yeah, Fantastic. And, uh, in April, I think it is. In April, yes. yeah, at the Moscone Center. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, I encourage you, obviously, if... Uh, if you if you're just thinking about the impact series, well, that's great. Make sure you hit the impact series, but get down to San Francisco and make sure that you get it into your PDAs and onto your calendar to hear Mark Kwame. Uh, Mark, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, that you have with us today. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. I very much enjoyed it, and uh, best of luck with uh, Webmaster Radio. You got it. I appreciate it, Mark. Take it okay. easy. All right, take it easy. All righty.
There you have it, folks. Mark Kwame of Sequoia Capital. Um, just a, an amazing interview. Lots of insight, and um, you know, obviously, a very historical company in the VC world. Um, so definitely make sure that you, you check out their website, uh, which is located at, obviously, sequoiacap.com. And again, make sure that you put uh, on the calendar um, Mark Kwame's keynote at AdTech San Francisco. Folks, that is going to do it for uh, today's AdTech Connect. I'd like to thank you for tuning in and remind you, we were just speaking about uh, the AdTech Impact Series uh, coming to Seattle, Los Angeles, Phoenix, Denver, Dallas, Fort Lauderdale, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Toronto, and Boston. So there's no excuse for not making an ad tech show. If you can't make the big one, by by all means, it's coming to a major city near you. So definitely make plans. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. That is this week's edition of Ad Tech Connect. We'll see you right here next week on Webmaster Radio. Mismel travel through the dense jungles and burning hot sands of the desert and into the treacherous dark caves of the web and listen in on a preview of Good Karma. Tell me, oh great sage, I am new to the internet. What do I need to know? Hello, Dr. Jones. I will take you to the Well of Souls and into the great city of cyberspace, where I will teach you everything you need to know. Whether you be a newbie or an experienced internet explorer, you will find the answers you seek every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Good Karma. Here, please hold my snake. Not snakes. I hate snakes. Find your Good Karma every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio.